right. Yeah, he Alize started like got like a little something in his throat. throat. Yeah, he was like throat. he was like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> I told you to grab a fucking water before we started. Nah, dude, that's just the way it is in the gym. Guys right. don't listen. Oh yeah, they do everything on their own. Yeah, but hey, we got. How, how you doing, man? Doing good. You? What about you, dude? You know, long day so far, but yeah. you know, getting ready to leave back to college. I'm heading out tomorrow. Fuck yeah, it'll be fun, man. Or we got the the OG interns right here. Yeah, the OG back when it was uh just me and me and you. Joe was in what was he double A plane? I think. And then with the... Brent setting up the new facility, just me and you running it. Oh yeah. That was funny, dude. It was like, I started as an intern and then a week later you're like, oh, I'm going to be an intern too. And I was like, yeah, hell yeah. Well, it's funny the way I started as an intern. I had just started working out here and Joe showed me a picture and he's like, yeah, man, we got 11 guys working for us in LA. And he's like, it's just me and Andrew. I was like, well, I can help you out if you need it. He's like, all right. Next day I started interning a year later, got a job. Hell yeah. <laughs> how it is now you're splitting time between professional baseball player and uh director of player development right yeah first yeah, season dude. that was pretty fun yeah rookie year getting used to it um played with a lot of dudes that had just years of experience so great learning lesson i mean mm-hmm. good three or four guys that had big league time one of them made it back up to big leagues this year mike marriott played with the reds really pretty cool man he was on his, he was about to make his last start. He was retiring and go to Hawaii. His fiance, or his wife, we're just gonna go on a trip. And probably about an hour before he started getting ready, he got a call from his agent. The Red signed him, so he went from about to be retired to back to the big leagues. <laughs> That's so, sick. It's like shit. I mean, it's possible. Is he a, is he a pitcher? Or a yeah, pitcher? he's a pitcher. Okay. And then we had another guy, Riley. Um, that was my dude right there, man. Mm-hmm. But Riley, same thing. He's about to retire. I think he did retire. And then the next day, the Guardian signed him. And he played a little bit in AAA with them. And then that was it. Nice. That's cool. Yeah, dude. There's a lot of opportunity, especially going the avenue of independent baseball. Because yeah. I know, like, right now, the big the affiliated leagues, it's the Pioneer League, the Atlantic, which is what – or not – you were in the American, right? American. Yeah, so it's the Pioneer, Atlantic, American Association, and then the Frontier. Mm-hmm. And you were in the American Association. And I've heard that – I don't know if this is true. I'm sure you, you'll be able to speak to it. But I've heard that, like, Pioneer Ball or Pioneer League is, like, the equivalent of, like, Rookie Ball, low A. Mm-hmm. Um, American Association is, like, the equivalent of, like, high A, double A. And then, and I think Frontier League too. And then the Atlantic is the equivalent of like double A, triple A. Yeah. With a lot of the guys. Yeah. I mean, even with us, we had a bunch of dudes that had double A, triple A experience. I mean, I was the second youngest on the team as a rookie. Mm-hmm. I think I had the least experience out of the whole team. Yeah. But it was fun, man. I think I did my, I played my role and felt like whenever I got in there, I'd, did what I needed to do yeah. for a pretty good year. Hey, over there for uh for the Cleburne Rough Riders, right? Railroaders. 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 Uh, I knew I knew it was with an R. Yeah. Yeah. How did they end up uh, reaching out to you? Because so honestly, let's let's go back a little bit. So tell let them let the people know like your story, how 
So what happened with your college playing and everything like that? Because you kind of yeah. got fucked. Like, yeah, I mean, time. I played that 2020 season where it got cut short. And then after that, I ended up coming back here to El Paso, took some classes and that kind of messed up my eligibility school wise. So I wasn't eligible to play in NCAA anymore. So I took that what year and a half off. Started training here at Bimal and finally went to Pioneer League workout. And then, well, I was planned on going to the Pioneer League workout. And I think two weeks before, I ended up getting signed with Cleburne. Um, their hitting coach reached out to me and he was just like, Hey, we want to sign you. You want to sign today? Well, yeah. Within an hour, signed a pro contract and it's pretty cool, man. Pretty cool experience. Just... I I love your uh, your signing picture because it's literally just it's it's a video of you here. You're at the facility working, and then like they yeah. printed it all out, and then you sign it, and Brent's recording. And you're like, yeah, I, I think I had just gone from. I can't remember if I was just hidden off the machine or I was in the middle of my workout, but I got the call. Just came in one of the offices, and basically he was just like, hey we want to sign you. You want to sign? We'll do it right now. Like, all right. Told him yes. Sent me the paperwork. Got all that done. So I'm saying within an hour, <laughs> signed my first pro contract. That's awesome, dude. So that was pretty cool. And then we just put together a little stage signing picture just for a little bit of content. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Oh, dude, that's freaking awesome, dude. Especially for seeing like how long you were just busting your ass in here grinding waiting yeah. for an opportunity and then you finally got that opportunity and then you did pretty good i mean i saw you got what you got your i saw your first home run what was that like a week into the season something like that uh i think it was like a week and a half yeah. something like that it was our second road trip so we played our first three in sioux falls and i think it was the second game versus milwaukee so yeah about a week maybe then nice dude so. that's awesome how are those road trips though Dude, the road trips were long. <laughs> you tell me. The road trips were long. We're yeah. the farthest team south in that league. So I think the shortest drive was Kansas City, and that was like 10. Mm-hmm. And then we went all the way up to Winnipeg. So we stopped in Sioux City, played four games. That was about 13, I think. And then we left after that Sunday game in Sioux, Fall, or Sioux City took off to winnipeg that was like another 10 11 played a week straight there in winnipeg and then it was uh after that sunday game it was all-star breaks so we had like four or five days off and it was a 23 hour bus ride back you told uh, me you jumped ship you said not fuck that <laughs> yeah no dude uh i heard our broadcaster brad i heard he was stopping in sioux falls and he's gonna catch a flight from there and that was only about I think 11 hours. So I was like, dude, I'm going to go with you, man. I can't, we didn't have a sleeper bus. So it was rough. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's no way I would have lasted that road trip. Yeah. Just 30 grown men in a, in one yeah. of those charter buses. I mean, it was some good times. Definitely a lot of good experiences and mm-hmm. good conversations on the bus, <laughs> but <laughs> we can talk about it. Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of drinking too. Um, but no, man, I mean, it was just really, everyone had like 
So that's the thing that I liked about this team most is there was like little groups of guys that would talk all the time, but the whole team would come together and just, you know, everyone was having one big conversation. You know, I think we did, uh, I think to start that road trip off, we did rookies had to do karaoke. Nice. And yeah, that was tough. That was tough going up there. What'd you, what'd you sing? I can't remember that. I sing that one song where it was like, Baby, lock them doors and turn them lights down low. Oh, I think that was the only one I could think oh, of. What is it? What's the name of that song? I know which song you're talking about. <laughs> I, I can't remember, but <clears throat> I think that was the one song I chose because it was easy. The lyrics mm-hmm. weren't too fast. And I mean, just, there was some good performances. Though. One of the guys, um, he did an older song. I can't remember what he did, but. He put on a whole performance, man. He ran the whole four-minute song. <laughs> he had everyone waving their arms. Nice, nice. Uh, like, yeah, put your flashlights up in the air. <laughs> yeah, and then there was some, there was some pretty bad ones too. We had a guy. Then he tried singing a Drake song, and he missed half the lyrics. Beautiful. <laughs> he got the booze. So that was that was <laughs> a fun. Couple, a little bit of a slur, or slurring your words a little. Yeah, up there, but that's funny. I did a last year. At the end of our season, we we had playoffs. We lost the first game and then won the second one. And I closed that game out. So we stayed one more day. We had a it was a best of three series. Uh-huh. And we went to this taco shop. It's called Fuzzy's Tacos. Oh yeah, dude, that place is great. Yeah, yeah. But they have open mics on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And we went, it was on Saturday. So we were like, oh, let's do karaoke. I got out there. I was singing Frank Sinatra. <laughs> Dude, oh, I got to find the video. Oh, I, I went hard in the paint, man. Jeez. It was a good time. I was hitting. I had my eyes closed. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, I did it my way. Hold on. Let me find this. Uh, when was that? That would have been in May. I scrolled. Dude. Too much. Here we go. Got it. Oh my god, dude. You're going in. Where was where there was what a city le- were you in? Oh dude, Joplin, Missouri is a little oh, big hole, just oh, middle god. of nowhere, Missouri. And yeah, dude, but it was it was electric. The guys loved it. Everyone got rowdy after that. Yeah, I mean, there's always that one guy on the team that fires everyone up. Yeah. And I think that's you. Definitely. In that situation, yeah. Just because you know, you know me. I'm not. I don't really take myself too seriously. Yeah. But like, I don't really care. But you know, like, I'm sure you've been around guys who are like, I don't want to do that. That's dumb. Like, I'm yeah. gonna look like an idiot. It's like, dude, who cares? Yeah, that's another thing too. Is even having a lot of veteran guys, we didn't have anyone like that where it was kind of just like, nah, leave me alone. Like all the veteran guys took all the young guys in, and it was fun, man. Yeah. Did you have uh, any of your teammates or like even managers, coaches that you would go to for advice? Because obviously you're on your first professional season. Yeah. With someone you would turn to. Um, definitely Riley. Riley Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, for the time that he was there. I mean, that was a dude that kind of he kind of put me on the right track. And like and then definitely our hitting coach, Amado. He's the one that kind of helped me out learning how to adjust to facing professional pitching. I mean, it's a lot different. Mm-hmm. especially in that league where you're facing guys that have, you know, guys that have played in the big leagues where they can hit spots, both sides of the plate with all their pitches. And it's, 
it's definitely a different game. Yeah. So I know I know you were telling me because one time I was just scrolling on social media and I saw a video of a guy and I was like, damn, he's throwing hard. And then it goes to like game footage, and I was like, "Wait a second, that was John catching back yeah. there." Yeah, yeah, that was uh Joe Corbett. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was he was pumping it up there. I think he got up to like ninety eight this season, just came the side every time. Yeah, and he finally got signed by the the Cardinals. But yeah, was it was a hard to get, was a hard to catch some of those guys? Or, or, hold on, let me preface this by saying you caught a lot of guys in here. Yeah, they're wild at times. But when you were playing, were there any guys you're like, "Damn, this is actually kind of hard to catch"? I think the hardest guy I had to catch this year was uh, this guy Joe Shaw. He was coming back from TJ. Mm-hmm. He was just, I think he was ninety six to ninety eight, just power sinkers, man. Oh, power sinkers, getting thumbed every. But yeah, I mean, those guys, they don't miss their spots, man. Mm-hmm. I mean. You know, wherever you call a pitch, majority of the time it's going to be in one circle. And I wouldn't say it's easy, but it's definitely a lot easier when you know their misses are going to be somewhere close. Yeah. But, no, that was like the the big thing I was talking about with Julio Valdez, uh, the minor league coach for the Rangers, mm-hmm. his pitching coach. And he was talking about like the different levels. And he was talking about the difference between like low A and double A. And he said low A – Guys will have the stuff, so they'll be, you know, mid to upper nines. Mm-hmm. But then every now and then there'll be like a wild fastball spray where someone yeah. calls it like inside and they'll throw it up and away. And then he said, you get the double A and it's just everyone. Everyone, all their misses are consistent. It's yeah. usually in the same spot every single time. Mm-hmm. That makes it hard to hit because you don't get a lot of fastballs over the plate or hanging breaking balls. Mm-hmm. And that was one big thing that I learned early in the season is not having a good approach. So I think once, once I got that figured out, that's when I started hitting the ball a little better. Yeah. Cause it was just, man, I mean, these guys will throw pitches back to back to back. And if you're just swinging at everything, it's, they're not going to stop throwing it. Until yeah. You you're going to be walking back to the dugout pretty quickly. Yeah. But that was the one big adjustment that I had to make. Was that and that is? Do you usually do that like pitch to pitch, at bat to at bat, or how often are you trying to make these adjustments? I mean, definitely got to do it pitch to pitch. But mm-hmm. I think one thing that I learned was going in looking for one specific pitch, so that way you're not swinging at curveballs in the dirt, changeups mm-hmm. away. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I've I've heard that from a lot of guys where. They always say, like, you know, sit fastball and then adjust the off speed. But then I hear a lot of big leaguers when they talk about what they try to do is they try to just hunt a pitch that's in a certain part of the zone. Yeah, I mean, even pitch calling this year, I learned a lot, too. You know, guys don't just go, oh, I throw a fastball in, I'm going to go slider away. Like, guys will go up and in, throw something low and in, then go, you know, high and away, back to up and in. Like, they're working different zones, different pitch shapes, Mm -hmm. trying to play off of that instead of really just, oh, I think this is a good pitch to throw, you know, reading swings. Yeah, did you – or did they let you just call every game or was the pitching coach calling? Um, No, we called our games. Okay. And then we had a few pitchers that liked to, you know, shake to what they wanted. But, I mean, I think for the most part, we had pretty good connection Mm -hmm. with all the pitchers, so – yeah, so you, you, usually, I mean, 
right when you get there, is that like the first thing you want to address is talking to the pitcher, see, you know, what makes them tick basically, mm-hmm. you know, what they like to throw. Yeah. During our little spring training we had, that was a big thing is just trying to get on the same page with everyone. Because mm-hmm. I think we had about a week and a half until our first game. So it was a pretty short, but it was, I think it was productive. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. When I, when I was talking to uh, Mauricio Milan and he said that, I mean, for him, he's at Wichita state and they only had 10 guys return mm-hmm. this year. So he said it was like working with a completely new set of pitchers. Yeah. And he said that was like the, the first like three weeks of the, of the fall. That's what he was doing mm-hmm. is catching bullpens getting to know them and like what pitches there are their best you know what they're comfortable throwing yeah just because that it's really it's often overlooked you know the connection between a pitcher and a catcher Mm -hmm. you know it's a two-way and he said it best he said it's a two-way yeah um conversation if you will yeah i definitely i think in college it's a little different because you have for the most part pitching coaches Mm -hmm. calling pitches so it's a little harder to get more on that one-on-one with the pitcher but Definitely, that's a big difference from pro to college to pro is, like, you got to have that connection because, especially now with the pitch clock, like, if you're not calling pitches, they got to step off and that, you know, that affects them or you run out of time. Yeah. Are you, you're not running the pitch comm? No, we didn't have pitch comm. Really? Yeah. So, that was tough, especially some of the, some of the stadiums didn't have good lights. Mm-hmm. So... It was like, man, you got to figure something out. Touches is that clock. That 20 seconds runs out it, quick. It, man. it goes by a lot faster than people think. Yeah. I mean, and then especially there's about, I think you have to, I think the hitter had what? Nine seconds. I think mm-hmm. something like that. So the hitter takes all nine seconds. Then you're running about 10 seconds to go through signs. So yeah, that definitely plays a big role because you can't be shaking or, just you know yeah, it's tough yeah no i i when they introduced it they introduced it in our league too mm-hmm. so for the ncaa they made it mandatory now and this year this past year it was like 50 50 that they were strict about it and they weren't strict about mm-hmm. it like i remember preseason we had a game our midweek starter was throwing and they they got him on it like seven times and he was just like, dude, this is fucking like, he's like, I haven't even gotten the sign yet. He was like, I, there's nothing I can do. Yeah. And then this year our coach said, fuck that. So he got his pit. We're doing pitch calm this year. Oh, nice. <laughs> he was nice. like, I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially when you have a hitter that'll take his time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's tough. You got like four or five seconds to <laughs> pick a pitch and go. Yeah. So um, that was a big connection of just getting signs you know going through different signs and stuff like that so that way you don't have to take a couple balls or get free bases mm-hmm. and i mean at, at that level free bases are runs oh yeah like if somebody yeah. gets on if you walk somebody they're they're most of the time they're scoring yeah i mean that's a big thing is mistakes they get hit yeah. they get you know you get hurt on mistakes mm-hmm. and i think we had a couple times this year where you know, it was like an error on a on a ball that should have been ending the inning, and then they go and put up four or five on us, and now we're scratching to come back. All right, is was that like the biggest thing that probably jumped out to you as a rookie? Yeah, that and I mean, I think the big thing too is we dealt with bad umpires. 
I mean, you deal with that everywhere. Mm-hmm. But umpires definitely played a big role in changing games this year for us. Because it was like you don't get that strike strike three call and then next pitch next pitch to hit a double in the gap or hit it out. And yeah. Just definitely a big change in the game. Yeah. Are you trying to as a catcher, are you are you back there trying to butter them up a little bit, talking to them, Dude, or are you just Yeah, it... you got to, man. Yeah. I mean, there's a few umpires in that league that you go and you butter them up a little bit, you get a couple inches off the plate, but there's some that just you know, they're in their own head and it's their world. Mm-hmm. And if they don't like it, they won't call it. Yeah. And I'm sure that also doesn't really help when you're a hitter. If they make a bad call and you're the catcher, oh, yeah. you know you can't say anything yeah. because – You got some guys that get butt hurt and mm-hmm. they'll ring you up on something that's not even close. Yeah, and you're just like, well, fuck. I know I know one of my old coaches that – he was like, if you're a catcher, he's like, I don't want – I hear a fucking peep from you after yeah. you hit. He's like, if you're hitting, just shut your damn mouth. Whatever mm-hmm. happens, happens. You know? Yeah, we we played in – um, what was it? It was Lake Country, one of the games that series – Dude, it was just both teams were chirping at the umpire. It was bad call after bad call. And I think later in the game, um, our other catcher, he got into it with the umpire just over a horrible strike three call, dude. I think it almost I think it almost bounced and rung him up. It was horrible. And it's just like, dude, sometimes it was like they need to just let their ego go and call a fair game you know Mm -hmm. especially at that level where guys are trying to make it back and you know that really affects them yeah so So what like you said making it back and everything but what is like the current situation that you're in because i i know it's different for each guy depending on the league like some guys Mm -hmm. it's a one-year contract yeah like yeah like that so So i think with us it was a one-year contract okay and then we got a new manager this year so right now i'm kind of just seeing what's what's gonna happen so it's more like a on paper you're still on the team but it's more like you're, you're a free agent yeah you know, kind with air of quotes yeah kind of but i think on paper i'm still part of the team okay gotcha but we'll just see what happens with that yeah go from there are you gonna end up going up to that uh i don't know if you can talk about it, but are you going to that pro workout they have coming up at the end of january yeah i plan on going to that nice so yeah that's i, I know that's a big opportunity i know uh, Drew Murphy was playing on throwing in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mitch Stone's throwing in that, and then obviously you're going to be up there hitting. Yeah. Are you guys? Is it just going to be like? Are you guys going to be facing each other, or is it going to be I, just like a pro style workout? I think they're trying to iron out the details right now. Okay. I think they're trying to get in some, you know, live at bats stuff like that, make it more for hitters too, instead of just kind of pitchers. Right. So I know last year it was just, they threw bullpens and that was about it. But hopefully this year we get some live at bats and be able to show a little bit of what I can do. Hey, well, hopefully you get to face those guys. Cause you face them a lot in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you faced, uh, faced Mitch today. Yeah. In a live at bats. How'd that go? Uh, yeah, I flew out to center, just missed it. But I mean, I feel like I'm seeing the ball pretty good. Yeah. Finally getting some consistent at bats, mm-hmm. just building back up. So yeah, I think a lot of guys when they're doing live at bats indoors, at least. I was talking to them, and because yeah. I was sitting there watching, and 
They're like, man, it's so much harder to hit indoors because of the lighting. And I was like, yeah, well, I think you should just focus more on getting your timing down and trying to see the ball well. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is just seeing the ball, just trying to – I mean, you don't really got to go up there swinging at everything. Mm -hmm. It's more of just seeing pitches, just getting your eyes back into it, especially the college guys. I think they need it most. They start in, what, two weeks? Beginning of February. Well, for – for me, at least, I think February 1st is our first game. Yeah, so they got to get on it pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. I think definitely to help them out, just seeing pitches, just, yeah. you know, picking one pitch, something like that. So I was talking to one of the guys, Maldine, today, struggling a little bit. And he's kind of just, whatever they were throwing, he was swinging. Yeah. And I think, I think he made the adjustment for his last at bat. But yeah, it's just, that's one of the differences you'll see is, College hitter, they'll swing at, you know, oh curveballs, mm-hmm. you know, two oh curveballs. When it's like, dude, if you pick your your pitch, stick to your approach, I think good things happen. Yeah, no, I I literally said as I'm I'm sitting there, I forgot who was next to me. It was either Drew or someone else, but Gonzo was pitching mm-hmm. and he threw first pitch curveball to three guys in a row, mm-hmm. and every single one of them went up there swinging first pitch. Yeah, and then you got in there and you took first pitch, and then you turned around, and you're like, yeah, I knew that was coming. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you guys don't notice that. Like, you're not yeah, watching. That's, that's a big thing, too, that I learned. Um, a lot of the older guys helped us out with that. It's, you know, picking up pitch sequences, like picking up tendencies, what guys will throw mm-hmm. in different counts, different situations. So you go up there with the plan. I mean, I think the beginning of the season, that's why I struggled so much, was I was just going up there swinging. Right. If it was over the plate, I was swinging. Until you kind of just, you know, can't be afraid to take a strike to get to 1-1. Yeah. You know, it's all right to take a fastball down the middle sometimes when you're looking for a pitch. Mm-hmm. Especially, you don't want to give easy outs because those 27 outs matter. Yeah. You got to exactly. try and make the most out of every single one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Who was the, the hardest team that you guys faced? Well, let's go, like I said, from a hitting standpoint. Hitting and pitching. I want to say on the hitting side, I feel like Chicago, the dogs, I think, mm-hmm. I think as a team, we struggled the most with them. And then I think on the pitching side of things, I think Milwaukee, those were always tight games. Like we were hitting them good, but they were hitting us good too. And those two series we played against them were just, they were electric, man. <laughs> All 12 games were electric. Nice. So. There, there was no one that like. What about like individual players? Like, say, like you're you're catching, yeah, and you're like, fuck, dude, we just cannot get this guy out. That was Brian Torres. I think he led the league the last two years in batting average. Okay, dude, it was like no matter what you threw the guy, he was hitting it. Like even if he was fooled, I think when we played him in Milwaukee, I think one of the games called a changeup. It was probably about a couple inches off the ground. And he just stayed through it, doubling the gap. I'm like, man, this dude doesn't miss, bro. Doesn't miss. <laughs> That's the frick- It's the worst, dude. I know we had uh, – so back in junior college, we played Yavapai, and they had this big dude, like 6'5", mm-hmm. and he was, he would hit anything. And he – I remember it was like a, one of our – a left-handed pitcher was throwing, and they threw him a changeup, like, like probably a ball off the ground, and he just – Got un- uh, scooped it basically like a golf swing. Yeah, home run to dead center, <laughs> four hundred and twenty feet. We were just like, what the fuck? 
and our coach is pissed. And I'm like, I'm sitting there. I'm like, how are you even going to get mad at that? Like that was, he made his pitch, you know? Yeah. yeah. There's, there's some guys out there where it's just, man, you, you can't get them out. Like mm-hmm. there's nothing you can throw. We even had a guy on our team this year, Elmer, one of the older guys. He, I would say it all the time. He had the most back control I've ever seen. Like, even if he was fooled, like he would stay inside of it. Just he would get his singles, doubles down the right field line. And it was like, man, man, you couldn't, you couldn't fool him. Mm-hmm. Like, he was on time for everything. And <laughs> Dude, it's, we had a, our second baseman this year. His name was Jack Kaiser. Shout out to Jack Kaiser. Mm-hmm. He was a, redshirt freshman and he started at second base for us last year yeah. and this dude would come up and contact god dude like if he was on the in the box he was either putting the ball in play and getting on mm-hmm. or he was getting walked like it was ridiculous we, we it was it was a joke for so long because yeah. it was like he'd get in and the guy he'd hit i think eighth he used our eight hole and first seven guys the pitcher would just dot it'd be like Three pitch at bat, five yeah. pit, like four pitch at bat, just carving. He'd get up there, four pitch walk. He's like, I don't know. Well, like he led the conference in on base percentage as a as a redshirt freshman. So yeah. yeah, it was it was pretty freaking crazy to see that. Yeah, there was I mean, every team he faced, there was a guy like that. It, it was just he was gonna get on at least one or two mm-hmm. times and it was gonna be a tough out. I think early in the season, the first series against Chicago, that's how we felt with uh, what's his name. It was our shortstop. I can't remember the name off the top of the head. But it was like – I think he was he was putting up ridiculous numbers. He was hitting over 500, had like six, seven home runs in the first couple series. And it was just like same thing. Anything you threw him, it was either really hard hit or he was getting on base with the walk or, mm-hmm. you know, something. But there's always, there's always that guy that you circle in the lineup and it's yeah. like, all right, this is a guy, if someone's on, we got to try and limit the damage. <laughs> do you guys cover that? You guys do scouting reports, right? Yeah, we would do a little bit. So I think after every series before, like before we'd go take bad practice for the first game, we would kind of do a little full team scouting report. Mm-hmm. And then – before starts, you know, whoever was catching, whoever was pitching, kind of just talk it up a little bit, see what the plan is for the game. Right. And, yeah, I mean, we had a pretty good year. We made the playoffs. Yeah. It was a, definitely an interesting second half because we were kind of on the on the chopping block. We were tied for fourth, and we ended up winning a couple games and got ourselves in. Took I think it took all the way till – Second to last game of the season when we clinch playoffs. Nice. I love it. Give me I hate to do this, but I gotta piss like a race. <laughs> give me give me one second. Hold on one second. All right. We'll come back and continue that. Oh.
What? No. We're in the middle of doing a podcast, so Andrew just wants to pee. Hold on. Oh, my bad. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Oh, damn. Oh, sorry about that. Dude, I don't know how fucking, like, Joe Rogan and them do that. They sit here for, like, <laughs> sit there for, like, two and a half hours and don't even leave. Yeah. I'm like, that's, ah, whatever. Anyways, what were we talking? We were talking about getting into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we had that same situation yeah. for us in this past year. Obviously, we made it, lost in the first round, but, yeah, it was – I remember the game when it was like we had to win <laughs> and I had to come in to pitch. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah, dude. First, I come in the eighth and I was like, yes, fired up. Yeah. Get through it, get through it quick. Like, I think I gave up an infield single, but it was like, I want to say it was like first pitch ground out, pop up. And then it was like infield single, strikeout. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, sick. Got out of it. Come out again. I want to say first dude. I get him out. No, first to get hit a fucking bomb off me. And when I came into the game, it was the score was like six to four. And then the when we came up to bat, we ended up scoring again. So then it was seven to four. Yeah. First dude comes up, sh- solo shot, fucking pissed on. Like I just got, I think I got behind on in the count on him, threw a fastball outside, hit my spot, and he just fucking oppo. It was a, it was a Wichita State bounce back drilled one like 430 feet out, um, gone, and then started a little snowball a little bit. You know, I got a couple outs here and there, but then I ended up with like runners on like second and third, mm-hmm. seven to six ball game. It's like fuck, <laughs> and I get a full count on their left on a lefty, their two hole, and the coach throws down slider, and I was just like, oh, fucking rip it, dude, <laughs> send it like, and, and I threw it. And thankfully, he swung over it. Yeah. And you want to hear something crazy about that? Because, like, I didn't throw the best. That's mm-hmm. that second inning. But like, I remember being like, "That was those are good pitches. They're just laying off." Yeah. Um. Our our coach, our new coach this year, uh, came from that school that we played. He. Uh, oh really? Yeah. He he was one of their our graduate assistants last year. So now he's our recruiting coordinator at our school. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to him about that, and he was like. Yeah, I'm going to tell you this now. We had, we knew what pitch was coming every single time. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Jeez. So the catcher, he said, yeah, we figured it out um, at, in the first inning. He's like, the catcher, whenever it was an off-speed pitch, his thumb would be higher. Whoops. His thumb would like stick out more oh. on off-speed pitches. So we knew exactly what mm-hmm. pitch was coming. And we would just yell from the dugout like a phrase or something. Oh. And, you know, when you're pitching, you don't pick yeah, up you on don't that. pick up on that. Yeah. But yeah, that's what he said. And I was like, fuck, really? And he was like, uh-huh. Yeah, we knew exactly what was coming. And he was like, but then there you go. You can boost your ego with that. You struck a dude out and he knew what pitch was coming. <laughs> dude, sometimes I don't like knowing what's coming. Because mm-hmm. I feel like if it's not exactly what you're picturing in your head, it's so much harder to hit. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd rather not know what's coming. That's interesting. Yeah. I like doing that. Dude, I got to figure out how to do a... Whenever, if I have to leave, use the restroom or something, I got to get like these ad placements going. I got to figure out how to do that. I actually have one. I, I might as well do it now. Picking up, baby. We got a sponsored podcast now. Nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's run through this. All right. So this podcast is brought to you by Project Baseball. John, are you tired of the same generic baseball apparel that is yeah, hindering your ability to achieve drip over skill? 
Definitely. Well, if you answered yes to that question, then you need to check out Project Baseball. Project Baseball is a baseball apparel company made for baseball players by a baseball player. From baseball icon shirts of Barry Bonds, Ken Griffey Jr., Bryce Harper, and Manny Ramirez to funny shirts such as Hitting Bombs for Hot Moms. You need to get that one. I think that one would fit pretty good for you. That's pretty funny. Yeah, and then my personal favorite, Drink Bang, Throw Gas, P.O. Life. Project Baseball has everything you need. They use quality materials and have different styles of T-shirts, including oversized pump covers and fitted shirts that show off those gains from grinding in the weight room. To get your hands on one of these shirts, visit projectbaseball.net or reach out to them on Instagram via Project Baseball. And make sure to use Andrew10 for 10% off your purchase. Remember, drip over skill. Yeah, man. Shit, I'll take one of those shirts if they want to send one our way. Dude, I I gotta get them going, man. I've been talking to them. I tell them like they're they're pretty sick, and they have like yeah. a. I think I've seen a couple of pictures of you wearing one. Yeah, like yeah. One. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that that one's mine. That was my favorite one. But they have some cool ones. Like uh, the most recent one that they pushed was like the icon shirts. So it's mm. like, it was like it's like they have a Barry Bonds like um seven sixty two home run, and it's him like you know with his, his hands up after he hit it um and then a bryce bonds. harper yeah they have a barry bonds bryce harper one all that stuff they need to put a picture of joe bime on there with barry bonds <laughs> <laughs> he carved yeah absolutely kind of owned him. him i remember when i did my podcast with him he said he was like yeah that was my probably my favorite memory for my career was uh <clears throat> that he was like i think ken griffey jr and barry bonds were like a combined one for 17 yeah i think that's a pretty good memory when you got two of the best hitters ever and <laughs> yeah. they did no damage against you <laughs> yeah i know you've caught joe a lot in here mm-hmm. how how is that dude i mean same thing doesn't miss his spots <laughs> spots it's just at 45 years old yeah 45 years old throwing 95 96 you don't see that every day <laughs> no from the left side nonetheless yeah i think i think it put me down on that list of the three greats where can't get a hit off of Joe Blimel. I think I'm like one for 20 off of him. <laughs> who have you, who have you hit the, the best in here that you've faced? I think the best at bats are definitely against Mitch. Mm-hmm. Cause it's either I hit the ball really hard or he makes some really good pitches. So I think definitely over the, I don't know, 50 at bats we've had. I think definitely it's Mitch. Yeah, I know. I know you've tagged him a few times. I've seen a couple of videos. Yeah, a little ninety-four piece inside and just launch it four hundred feet. Yeah, go, I yeah. think right now since he started throwing two weeks ago, I think I'm one for two off of him. Mm-hmm. So we're just getting it going. We'll see what yeah. happens this off season. We're just getting back into the swing of things. I think the first two three weeks of hitters facing pitchers again for the first time, pitchers dominate. Just oh the yeah. Beginning. Yeah. And yeah. then as you guys progress, it's you start to just get used to seeing what pitches come in. Mm-hmm. They know you know like their sequencing. So you're like, okay, I I, I think I have an idea of what's coming next. And then... yeah, I mean definitely that's how I felt my first two, three live at bats that we had here. Mm-hmm. I was just swinging at everything, I was getting blown up on fastballs, but now I'm settled in. So nice. be tough at bats when you face me. <laughs> oh, I, I I thought it was funny when uh. You were talking to his Tony Torres, and he was like, oh, damn, man, someone's knocking on the door. Hold on. It's your boy, Mitch, He's trying to get his lunch. Guaranteed, yeah. Get the lunch. We are just talking about you. We are talking about John's at-bats off of you. Fly out. Yeah. It's a fly out today. 
No, he's giving you your props, man. Don't worry. He's not talking trash or anything. Hey, can you hit that lock button on the door on your way out? Yeah. Me and Mitch don't have any have any beef. That's my Fortnite buddy. <laughs> you guys are grinding that Fortnite? Yeah, dude. Mitch is the kind of guy he'll grab grab one gun and he's gone. Yeah. Like we'll be looting. He's like, Hey, I need help. I need help. I'm on the other <laughs> side of the map. <laughs> that may be true. He's our uh, designated driver. Oh, and... for the golf carts and stuff? Yeah. I need to get a sign or something. Like that. We're recording. Yeah, you need to get a recording sign that lights up. <laughs> I said, oh, we should just get a studio in the that storage room back there. Yeah. Throw it up there. Put some uh, styrofoam. Like make like the soundproof and everything like that. Have yeah. a have a nice little setup, but that'll have to wait because I'm leaving tomorrow. You, you got to start yelling at guys like Cody did when Cody would do his radio. I remember that. Here. Yeah. He rem- who did he yell at it at JJ? Right? Yeah. Yeah. He came out screaming. But to JJ's defense, he had no clue. He had just gotten here. Mm-hmm. He didn't know that Cody was doing a, a live show. Went plugged in, just blasting some music. <laughs> some ACDC <laughs> on full blast. And for anyone that does it, for, for those that don't know, our facility, the walls are very thin, especially yeah. going from the gym to the offices. And the sound travels. Yeah, well, I mean, with the big speaker we have in there, guys will put it full blast. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I try not to blast my music. I'm not a big blaster. Yeah. I'll listen to it loud, but I don't know. You like that EDM music when you lift. Oh yeah, dude. EDM. <laughs> that's, I think that's what I've been on right now. You know, I, I can't work out to rap. It just doesn't lock me in. I like a good beat and yeah. yeah. Get, get a good rhythm going. Yeah. Especially. I think that's, that's what locks me in the most. Yeah. But I can't hit to EDM music. It's just like, I think all the beats throw me off a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I'll just use that for lifting only. Yeah. You, you hit to that Spanish music. Yeah. That, that'll that get you going. <laughs> Dude, pretty, we, play it, sure. we play it nonstop. I can't stand it, man. <laughs> like, I'm going to be completely honest. It drives me crazy when I walk in. And I'm just like, fuck, more, more uh, Bad Bunny. You see, I, I like the Bad Bunny and, you know, that kind of music. I think definitely like the banda kind of music. I don't, I don't vibe with that in here. Mm-hmm. Just it's like country. I mean, can't really work out to country. I can. Well, you can. <laughs> you work out to the shipping out to Boston. <laughs> My Irish pub music, man. <laughs> My Dropkick Murphys. Don't fucking yeah. touch them. <laughs> I it always it drives everyone crazy. But I only want to. I only listen to it for like my first compound my heavy my heaviest movement and then i'll say like oh you guys can play whatever yeah we have some interesting guys in here with their music selection yeah. mitch every day about 12 30 when he gets here plug in the speaker and he plays the same same 10 songs every yeah. day uh-huh. doesn't miss and then i think when he throws live abs he goes as a his banda music playing some old spanish music but I don't know how that motivates him. Still <laughs> no, pumping ninety six hey. with it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm like, ah, I don't know. I, I've I've been trying to just not throw with any music, only because in a game, I, you know, I'm not gonna have yeah. it. I'll be I'll be uh, my adrenaline will spike in other ways, but yeah, I don't know. You guys, uh, you you and Drew are testing out a new phase, right? Um, not really. We did it last year around this oh, time, okay. and I think I just finally got around to putting it on track, and 
yeah i want i wanted to ask you um if i should get mad at you for this so you know the uh side plank med ball hold yeah was that your concoction yeah where'd you find that i don't remember i think i think i might have gotten it from tory in la one of the times i think yeah i don't know yeah that that fucking sucks because i i was looking through it and drew drew's working out and i was doing it's my first time doing this phase yeah and some of the some of the workouts don't have a video with it mm-hmm. so i was like med ball side plank hold my dumb ass is thinking like you put your your hand that's down on a med ball and then you're up i'm like that doesn't seem like it'd be that hard and i was like drew what is this so you lay down in a side plank position you put like a eight or ten pound med ball um mm-hmm. in between your feet you like straighten your legs out squeeze the med ball and then you raise your legs up so you're yeah. kind of making like a a little bit of like a, a, a v, v shape yeah like a v shape dude i was an inch off the ground and i was like my my obliques are cramping i'm like oh my god what is going on yeah i think i think that's might have might have been where i got it from because i remember i think last last year around this time i'd pull my oblique mm-hmm. so i was just trying to you know find different exercises to help with that because yeah dude that sucks man no bleed strain yeah you can't throw can't hit just everything hurts i I've, I've gotten an oblique strain i got one uh last what was that end of the summer last year going into the fall I had an oblique strain. It yeah. sucked, man. Everything. Yeah, it just it limits you. you yeah. Can't do really anything. But yeah, I think that's one of the things I incorporated a lot in a lot of my workouts now is just core stability and yeah, you know, working the obliques. So that way when I do rotate swinging, I'm not hurting myself. Mm-hmm. And you gotta train yourself not to be fragile. Mm-hmm. All all these a lot of guys are super worried about uh, if I push myself doing this movement, like I could hurt myself, whatever, whatever. But then I'm like, yeah, you know, you do realize the movements you're doing, swinging and or hitting or like like throwing, you're putting a lot of stress on your body. So you should probably train your body under stress so that it gets used to it. Yeah. And a lot of the things, too, is some of the younger guys are like afraid to work out before they hit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, your favorite big leaguer works out before they hit. Yeah. And they're playing every day. Yeah, they every get, day they get to the field at tw- like field opens at twelve, the games mm-hmm. at seven. Yeah, they're working out at like two thirty three. You know. Yeah, and I think definitely a fourteen year old kid can handle getting a <laughs> little bit of a workout in <laughs> before like, he goes and hits. You're like, ah, dude, I'm twenty. What, what are you, twenty five now? Twenty four. Twenty four. Yeah, you're like, dude, I'm twenty four, and you're just like, I, I, if I'm doing it, you can definitely. Do yeah, it. <laughs> like now, I, that's part of my routine is I'll work out first. Before I do anything else, mm-hmm. that's just kind of how it was during the season. Go and work out in the morning and then get to the field. We'd get there a little later, like around one or two, and then playing at about seven. Yeah. So it was, I'm trying to stick to that routine as much as possible. Yeah. Are you doing the your own workouts when you're there, or do they have a strength and conditioning coach that puts no. you guys through in-season yeah, workouts? We were on our own. Okay. So. Like we got a free gym membership there in Cleburne and it was kind of just everyone would do their own thing. And yeah. it's a little bit harder to do it when you're on the road, especially you guys, you guys have week long. Well, I mean, sometimes two week long road trips. Yeah, where... I think to start off the year, we were gone. I think two weeks. So we left early in the week, played in Sioux, Sioux Falls. And that's when we went to Milwaukee for the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. So 
that's definitely a little bit harder working out inside the hotel. But, <laughs> hotel workouts. Yeah, I think a lot of the guys were pretty motivated to do, you know, their workouts and stuff, not slack off. So we'd always have a bunch of guys that would like, hey, let's go find a gym. We'd go get a free trial at some gym or just finding ways to get our works yeah. working, you know? Yeah, no, I so, do. I, I've done that when I went to in September. I went to my cousin's wedding up in uh, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And uh, conveniently, there was a nice ass gym right across the street from our hotel. Yeah. And um, one of the days we didn't have anything. And I was like, oh, I need to work out. I just walked in. I was like, hey, can I get a day pass? Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, yeah, it's free. And I was like, all right, bet. So and they're like, they try to get me to like sign up afterwards. I'm like, dude, I'm I'm leaving. Yeah, you're days. like, I'm just gonna be here today. Yeah, you're like, I just so. need to get my work in. Yeah. Had to show show those uh I call them civilian gyms. Oh, dude. <laughs> it's definitely a huge difference working out in here where it's just kind of private. Mm-hmm. And then you go to the civilian gyms and you got the random dude pumping three plates, quarter reps. <laughs> yeah, just, dude. You know. I think it's it was kind of fun going back to a regular public gym and just seeing what people do, mm-hmm. just kind of people watching. Yeah, because it's like you almost feel weird doing like sports specific movements in there. But yeah, there's some people. It's like, bro. yeah, you, there's some fucking characters out there. Yeah, I see. Uh, it always cracks me up because I get I get looks all the time when I'm in there because it's like you know you're doing movements that they're not used to. Yeah. You're like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Like, uh, oh, what's what's one that I do in the gym that people are like, what the fuck? Like, uh, the t- stuff on the TRX band. A lot of them don't do that. Like, a lot yeah, of just regular even, people. But Even just throwing med balls, you're like, yeah. shit. I feel like everyone's watching you because <laughs> you're slamming a med ball. You want to hear, hear a really funny story? So, you know, I have my Vibram toe shoes. Yeah. And I wear them in here all the Like, like I, I'm not right now. I have a hole in them, so I'm not wearing them. But... When I when I didn't, I was wearing them every day. I'd always work out in them. Yeah, and I do the same thing when I'm back in Wichita and I go to the the regular gym there because we have a free membership. Mm-hmm. And I wear them there. I get looks all the time. They're like they always look at my feet. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> and one day, so I'm on the squat rack. I have lower body. I warmed up and I'm about to do like my stuff. I, I it was either lunges or squats. I don't remember. And I have my earbuds in. Not playing music. I'm just like, I have my earbuds in. I'm looking at my phone to like, I don't remember. I was looking at something. And a personal trainer with these two girls that are probably like early, I'd say early college. I don't know. But they walk by and the girl, like I see them in the mirror, like point at my feet. And then I hear them because I don't not have any music blasting. They're like, look at those grippers. Yeah, they, that's getting work in. <laughs> And they're they're like, yeah, I bet those are real chick magnets. And I just like, I just turned around. I was like, yeah, you'd be surprised, <laughs> dude. Beat red, like both their faces are. Oh, the, the trainer started dying laughing. He's like, you guys gotta fucking watch what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, shit, man, you gotta get Vibram to get you a little sponsorship there. Dude, I've been trying, man. Pairs. I've been trying. I love them. They're awesome. I got a new pair for Christmas, but uh, there was the wrong size. I had to send them back. So. I think uh, you gotta start. Get wearing those for your podcast, man. <laughs> My toe shoes. Get a little content going. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, they're awesome. I always, uh, I always tell guys because they're like, "Why would you wear them? Those are gross, weird." I'm like, "Dude, it feels like I'm barefoot, man." Yeah. And it's the bottoms of it is like an athletic shoe. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got like the the right grip and everything like that to work out in. Yeah. But I don't know. You're a big shoe guy. I'm not. Uh, I mean, I just wear Metcons. 
honestly, Metcons are like my daily shoes. Mm-hmm. I have a little bit of a flatter foot, so they're just really comfortable to me. Like a running shoe is a little uncomfortable. Yeah, because it's a little curved in it. Yeah. Like, my thing is, I'll wear Metcons or Vans. And I know Renee was giving me some shit because uh, the team posted a picture this year. Me walking in, I was wearing, he was wearing like a Bimal shirt, like the baseball's life. Yeah. Some jeans and I had Metcons on. And he's like, you got no drip, man. I was like, dude, they're they're comfortable. I'm not trying to, <laughs> so I'm not trying to go in looking all fancy, you know? Mm-hmm. Dude, I, I have like five pairs of shoes. I have my Vans, my Turfs, uh, two pairs of nice shoes that I wear when I go out. And my slides, that's it, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need anything else. I mean, I'm a big comfort guy. I like being... Mm-hmm. My daily attire consists of either some shorts or some joggers, athletic shirt, and Metcons. Yeah. And I know my girlfriend gives me a little bit of shit on that. She wants me to start dressing a little little more. So I've been building up the closet slowly. <laughs> you know, it's funny. In high school, I used to dress really nice. Like, I would always go in polo and some slacks. Mm-hmm. Like, I would always... You know, spend a little time getting ready, putting a little fit together. Mm-hmm. But once I started growing out all that, all my money went to athletic clothes instead of, you know, some Banana Republic slacks. Uh, people, uh, it always cracks me up because they they see me outside of like an athletic setting and I wear the same things. And they're like, damn, you're always in that. I'm like, ah, dude, like, yeah. <laughs> it just, I don't know. It, it's comfortable, you know? Yeah. I know uh, Sean Sean Isaac. Remember him? He uh, mm-hmm. he's with the Red Sox now, but he played with the Angels organization. He's in AAA with them, and he met Tim Lincecum when he was there. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said he walked into the training room, and Tim Lincecum was in there, and he didn't recognize him at first because he, the dude was wearing Crocs, cargo baggy cargo shorts that went past the knees, and a tank top with like a snapback. And he was Jeez. just like, who the fuck is this guy? And then he looked closer. He's like, oh, fuck, that's Tim Lincecum. One of the, one of the greatest pitchers in the yeah. last, like, 15 years. Yeah. No, it's been fun, though, going to stores and buying a little bit nicer clothes. Yeah. I think my new, one of my new go-to brands is Abercrombie. Really? Yeah. They got some nice stuff, man. No, I haven't, I don't know anything about that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I see Lulu and I'm like, oh, that's too expensive for me. I can't do that. You see, that's like, it's just workout gear, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I have a little bit of Lulu and that's what I wear usually, but I'm starting to, starting to bring it up a little bit. Now I got a, I just bought a nice vest the other day, or my girlfriend bought me a nice vest the other day. I've been wearing that a lot, some jeans and, you know, nice little shirt under. Yeah. But it's a, do you, in there. you want to hear a funny story about Maldine? Yeah. So he, if he hears this, Car- shout out Carlos Maldine. He's not going to like this, but one day, one day. So this was like in the summer and he just posted a, like a selfie on his story in his car. And mm-hmm. I get to the, and I screenshotted it and we get here and I go, I go, oh man, check out this sexy motherfucker. <laughs> and I like, I show him and he's like, yeah, yeah. You like that, huh? He's like, you like that shirt? And I was like, yeah, he's like that shirt. He's like two grand. And I was like, oh, nice, man. And he's like, yeah, it's expensive, man. <laughs> and then he started, like, flexing on me about, like, certain things. And I was just – and then, you know, Joseph Serrano, mm-hmm. my best friend, he was next to me. And then he goes, 
Para mucho play. <laughs> it's like just fucking with them. Dude, oh my god. That's yeah. Funny. That's how uh one of my boys this year, Ryan Hernandez, he's like he won't wear it if it's not designer, man. Really? Like I remember he was we were in Chicago for playoffs and there was a pretty nice outlet mall with some high end stores in there. And I think they had gone and they played some blackjack and he wanted a little bit of money. So he went on a little bit of shopping spree. I'm just like, man, he went, bought himself some, I think he bought himself some Gucci shoes and a couple of Louis shirts or something. I'm just like, nah, that's cool. Yeah. Not for me though. No. Yeah. I know uh, in, in Arizona, this is a funny story, but you know, if you're ever, if you ever, you know, a lot of guys that go to mall and they start, you know, they go to get some girls numbers, you know, pick up chicks, (laughs) never go around spring training time in the phoenix area in yeah. scottsdale because you will get humbled real quick <laughs> we went one time just we're just walking around like obviously we weren't there to get girls but you know you notice it especially if you're in like that area and dude all the teams are there yeah. and i'm looking around I'm like why does that guy look familiar i'm like oh wait he was drafted in the first round by the rockies <laughs> last year yeah like ryan rollison yeah. a left-handed pitcher i was like oh shit okay and then you just run into them all left and right and they're always going on shopping sprees and like they get a lulu all that stuff that's where we saw him and i was like really? oh yeah, that guy looks familiar yeah sure enough that's cool man yeah i think i think the biggest name guy that i've played with was hunter green really you yeah. have to play with him yeah, we played together when we were 12 or 13. Well, at that time, he's already throwing 90. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. He was throwing, he was throwing like 87, 88 from the short mounds. And I think the coolest memory I have with Hunter is, uh, I don't know if he remembers, but we went back to back on my dad's birthday. That was pretty cool. Oh. So he, he went, he went out and then. I went up next, hit went out. So that was a pretty cool little memory. Yeah. Yeah, that was a long time ago. And now he's dominating the big leagues. <laughs> Dude, it always cracks me up when I'll be putting like a kid a kid in like hit tracks around Rap Soto and I'm like, when when's your birthday? Two thousand eight. Fuck what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, damn. Yeah. I'm not even that old. I'm twenty two. I'm about to turn twenty three at the end of the month, but shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Makes you question it. You're like, ah Yeah, even even the other day, I think I was talking to one of the high schoolers here, and he was like, oh, what year did you graduate high school? I was like, oh, 17. He's like, damn, six years ago? I was like, oh, shit. That was a little bit of an eye-opener. <laughs> Dude, I was, I was messing with uh, – I told Drew. I made him laugh the other day when you were in the weight room, and you were, you were like, yo, check out this video. Like It was like – because you were playing – so I don't know how it came up, but it was like a song, and you're like, "Yeah, they made a video at like one of this this thing, this function we were at." Yeah, and you're doing it, and I was like, "I messed with Drew." I was like, "Yo, Drew, you should go up to him and be like, yo, yo, J- JJ, you know, six years ago, mom, close the year." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, one of the high schoolers was asking Sebastian. Yeah, or I was telling him that he needs to go to a music festival, just experience it for once, and he was like, "Nah, it's not really my thing." I was like, "Well, all right, man, it's." pretty cool experience you're gonna miss out yeah you gotta do it at least once i did it once i didn't like it no yeah, i know you're a big neon neon desert guy or you were at least when i started yeah, it i mean i think it was more for just going with your friends and just enjoying that time but mm-hmm. it was pretty cool seeing some pretty big artists yeah live i like it 
Well, dude, hey, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens in the next few months, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see what happens. See where you end up, man. Either back in Cleburne or an affiliate team, man. That'd be yeah. sick. That's the goal. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, but I think we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up here. But John, thanks for coming on, man. Of course, man. Good to be here.